Thursday morning broadcaster by David Sykes is with us live via telephone. I mentioned the um, uh, the book uh, that came out earlier in 2014 entitled Patterns in Genesis and Beyond. In fact, this is a a book that was brought to my attention by uh, our wonderful friend, Dr. Mark Singer. And after exploring this a little bit, especially with uh, Safer Bracious having started just a few weeks ago, I thought it would be a good opportunity to get Rabbi Sykes onto the uh, radio and um, and have an average guy like me see if I could begin to understand some of the patterns in Genesis and beyond. Rabbi Sykes received a Ph.D. from Yeshiva University for his work on patterns in the book of Genesis. He has taught Bible and other Judaic subjects at Yeshiva University, also at Stern College for Women. Fifteen years ago, moved up to Monroe, New York, and became acquainted with the nearby Hasidic community, which has opened up for him a whole new world of knowledge about the Neshama and Jewish spirituality. He is a uh, Torah-based, intuitive life purpose coach dealing with spiritual growth and life path issues. Rabbi Dr. David Sykes, welcome to JM in the AM. Uh, It's a pleasure to be on the show. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, So... Are there patterns in Genesis that you set out and said, well, let me put it this way. Do you go looking for patterns, or when you study Genesis, when you study the Chumash, the Torah, uh, you noticed that pattern, certain patterns developed, and that ended up being the uh, subject of the work? Okay, so uh, I, I would say both are true. Uh, that is to say that uh, initially it began because uh, I was a Torah reader, and I started noticing certain patterns, and um, they really struck me as being something that required uh, investigation. It seemed there was something extraordinary going on, but it seemed to me that it was part of a bigger picture, and I was not able to uh, figure out the picture. I was intensely searching for 40 years after the initial discovery of the patterns uh, some of the patterns to try to see the whole picture of it. So it started out, I noticed them, and then it was I went looking for them. Do um, Can you give one example of a pattern, something that, uh, so you, just so we understand what a pattern is and what it is that you're looking for? Uh, sure. Um, I mean, what a pattern is, just to say as a, uh, as a definition, would be that... Um, well, you know, we read the Torah every year again and again, and we try to read as many commentaries as we can. But when we read the Torah that way, we tend to read each incident separately. And what this book tries to do is to find patterns, that is, connections between different incidents. So each pattern that's described in this book has common words and themes, and it conveys a message. It could be an illuminating parallel. It could be a pointed contrast. It could be measure for measure. It could be mass of a similar bunny, a foreshadowing of uh, later history. Right. So I, I mean, found that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I found these patterns pervade the Torah, and they combine to make larger patterns. Right. So I guess now, I, as it, an example, yeah. Now I'm going to say so certain things are obvious in terms of you know it, it, two of our forefathers going through the same experience with their wives in foreign lands, right? So there's a lot right. of a lot of congruency there, I would guess, right? Right. But, but, when, right, you, but right. when you say patterns, you're you're going way beyond the obvious. 
Right. I'll, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, there's three times in the Torah where somebody meets a wife at a well. I think that's fairly well known. All right. Uh, one time was when Eliezer met Rivka at a well. This pattern will connect to this beginning of this week's parsha mm-hmm. eventually. Eliezer met Rivka at a well. Yaakov met Rachel at a well. Moshe met Zipporah at a well. So you say to yourself, well, that's pretty interesting. They all met at wells. Now the question is, is there more to it? What's really going on here? So you sit down and you try to look at the stories more closely, and you see there's, they have more in common than just the well. You see that in all three cases, there's an act of chesed done at the well that included giving water to animals, right? right? Rivka gave water to Eliezer's camel. Right. Yaakov gave water to Rachel's sheep, and Moshe gave water to, uh, to uh, Tzipora's sheep. Right. And then you look even further and you see that not only was there an act of chesed at the well, but there was an act of extraordinary chesed at the well. Because uh, in Rivka's case, you're talking about camels, and there were actually uh, ten camels. Takes a very long time to give water to ten camels. It could take many hours, and uh, that was Rivka's chesed. You look at Yaakov's chesed. So again, it wasn't just simply giving water to sheep. There was an enormous stone that was on top of the well. So he first had to remove that stone. And with Moshe also, there were shepherds at the well and uh, chasing the girls away. The only way he'd be able to give the water to the girls would be if he would chase away the shepherds first. And therefore, what you see is that it's not just chesed, but uh, it's something beyond. Each person could have reasonably said that he'd love to help, but it's just beyond his ability to do so. But that didn't happen. Now, then you ask, okay, so what does that pattern teach us? So I think what the pattern teaches us is a lesson about shiduchim, about the Torah's view of what is the key ingredient for a successful shidduch, namely the readiness to do chesed for one's spouse, even if it's time-consuming, even if there are physical obstacles, and even if there are human obstacles. I think the Torah is teaching us that if you want to uh, open up the wellsprings of blessing uh, for the shidduch, then that's the essential ingredient, and that's a message that comes out of the pattern. Right. Having said that, however, um, you could say, well, yeah, all right, you found certain common points in those, in those incidents, but there are other points that are not the same. And uh, the question is, what about those? They're not part of the pattern. But here, I would say that if you look at each one of those, you can see that those different points are actually parts of other patterns that involve the particular people uh, in the incidents. So the first incident was Rivka and the camels. Now, Rivka's chesed was done on a grand scale and with, uh, with Zerizus, you know, with uh, dedication. The Torah says, describing Rivka, Vatarat, she ran. Vatamaher, she hastened. You look at this week's parasha, the beginning of the parasha, about Avram's chesed. Avram also did chesed on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. And it says there, Vayarat, he ran to the guests, you know, uh, Vayamaher, he ran to the tent to, uh, to, get, to prepare the food. And thus you see from the pattern that Rivka was indeed a suitable person to be brought into the household of Avraham. He did things with great enthusiasm. With great enthusiasm, the chesed with the enthusiasm and on the large scale right. to fit into that household. See, the point is the Torah, on the one hand, is saying that every shidduch needs that ingredient of chesed. On the other hand, every shidduch is unique. Every person has some 
every match, every household had some, has some special special talent, some special dimension. In the case of Rivka, that dimension involved uh, chesed on a large scale, an open house, and doing that type of thing. And the Torah is showing you how, and it's a spiritual dimension, mm -hmm. that uh, every, every neshama has a dimension, a certain thing to it, a special quality, and part of the shidduch is finding that unique match. And so, the Torah is showing you that that's what happened. So if you noticed a well episode, well after the ones that you're talking about, you know, many years later somewhere in Tanakh, you would pay careful attention to that and how it might fit into the previous stories. Uh, right. Yeah, the patterns could go all the way through. Actually, I don't recall any other. Well, there is a well incident uh, uh, in Sefer Shmuel, but it doesn't pertain to a shidduch. So in order for a <laughs> pattern to exist, I make it that it has to be a lot of, it has to be a full parallel. Right. I have a lot of partial parallels, but they don't constitute patterns. So uh, is it, is these it, are the three that I have. Is it safe to say, or by David Sykes is with us, is it safe to say that Bracious in general, uh, going from creation, or let's say, you know, from the introduction of Avraham Avinu, of Abraham to us, uh, all the way till, uh, you know, Joseph uh, uh, dying in Egypt, is it safe to say that that Safer Bracious in general is one big pattern, or is that already going to, on, onto too large of a scale? Well, I think there are patterns and patterns of patterns, and uh, I guess it's uh, it's I I would divide it into patterns. I don't know if I'd say it is one big pattern at a certain level. If you make a theme broad enough, then you can include everything. Right. I mean, the God, God's it? already introduced Egypt and and the fate of the Jewish people in Egypt to Abraham. You know, we've already read that. We've already encountered that. You know, at this right. point in Bracious, and obviously the story will end at the end of Bracious uh, with mm -hmm. a uh, you know with 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 permanent residence, so to speak, of the Jewish people in Egypt. Right. So. Uh... It's fine. It depends how you want to define a pattern. If you want to define it uh, broadly, then absolutely. Right. Uh, it's a pattern that Hashem, God, is directing the history of the Jewish people through, uh, through history and, and guiding the history of the world. That's a pattern in itself. Um, that's actually one of the things, one of my purposes in the book. I mean, the book has a few purposes, three purposes. I mean, one purpose of the book, the most basic purpose, is to increase the understanding of the Torah. In my mind, there's no comparison between reading the Torah as fragments and reading it as an integrated whole. Uh, to use an analogy, it's like there is between looking at, at individual limbs and organs and looking at a human being as a whole. Mm. People like to have a big picture. Right. It helps them to feel more connected to what they're looking at. And besides that, when you read one passage in light of another, light is shed on the significance of both. Right. And the book shows that many times a problem in one passage can be solved by awareness of its relationship to another. Sometimes a whole new dimension can come out. So that's one purpose, is to understand the Torah. The second purpose is a hashkafa purpose, a philosophical purpose, to bring out that the Torah is, is divine. Now, we're all taught that the Torah is a divine book, and many levels of interpretation have brought this out. At the same time, when you see this, this network of patterns in a text in front of your eyes, you can see that it's so, that there are no accidents in the Torah, that every word is exactly what it, uh, what it needs to, to be. When you see the, the wholeness of the Torah, then you see that it's the Torah of Hashem. And the third aim of the book is 
to help us in our service of, of God. Now, the particular patterns, as we've seen, teach us many important lessons for our lives, for our midos, and for our relationship with God. But I also believe that beyond that, there is something that we could learn from the phenomenon of the patterns themselves. When we discover patterns in the Torah, what we're really discovering is God's hashgacha, God's divine providence in events. This is a transferable skill, and this way we can learn to look more closely at our own lives as well, and to see the remarkable hashgacha in them, and to try to learn lessons from it. So that's a pattern in and of itself. I'm reading about Abraham and some of the challenges he had and how God responded, even when Abraham thought all hope was lost. The, the, the ability to have a kid is obviously, you know, the, his, his lineage, his legacy was a very big issue for our forefather Abraham. He felt it was yeah. hopeless. God comes back and, and you know, through his remar- remarkable ways, guarantees that there's not just a future, but an incredibly bright and large future. So I guess what you're saying is we could take, as we analyze the personalities and braces, for instance, we could take the heart that uh, just like God stepped in and made sure to take care of what Abraham's needs were for his present and future, he'll do the same thing for us as well. A hundred percent. The Torah is called Torah. Torah means to show, like to show a way. So that's what the, that's what I'm trying to do in this book is to show how the patterns in the Torah show us a path and a way for our own lives. It's funny the way you just described it. It's uh, it, it's sort of an angle of a musr safer, but very few people look at chumash that way. You know, it's funny. Uh, well, it uh, that is it that is uh, safer. Barachis is teaching us midos. It's teaching right. us about our relationship. Hashem, Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah, the the uh, ethical things, the interpersonal things, actually uh, actually precede the Torah. So mm-hmm. that's uh, really the idea. I think part of what I want to bring out here is that the Torah has that that component of the Torah as well. The book has several different components to it. It's interpretive, but it's also uh, practical. It's called Patterns in Genesis and Beyond, or by David Sykes, 600 pages, uh, an incredible work about the Safer Bracious. Again, Patterns in Genesis and Beyond. We're now reading uh, this week, and it's a great week to have you on. Any uh, a biblical analyst would love this week because we're reading one of the most amazing episodes in Jewish history and this relationship that is so confusing between Abraham and Isaac as he's ready to sacrifice his life at the Word of God. What insight... Uh, what can you? What what light can you shed on this story that we may not be familiar with that you've uh, come across in your research about the binding of Isaac? Well, um, I think that uh, one of the uh, we all know that one of the themes of uh, Avraham is the ten tests that he had. Right. Right. That he went through the ten ten tests, and this was the uh, this was the tenth test, and 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 it was. That, that is definitely a pattern in, in the life of Avraham, that he had ten tests, and it's a series of, of tests. And you really see that this was the most intense test of everything that he had. Oh, that's for sure. Uh, you know, because he had to give up... Uh, he had to give up everything. And again, the, leg- the legacy that he, that he mm-hmm. worried about for so many years. Right, right. Uh, I also heard that he gave up his followers in a way. He, here he taught Chesed all his life, right. and then uh, now he's going the other way, so people dropped out, you know. But uh, but uh, the Midrash compares uh, the first test of Avraham to the last test of Avraham, 
that uh, both of them were Lech Lecha, that both times Hashem said to Avraham Lech Lecha, and both of them were journeys. One was a journey uh, from his land, from his past, and the second one was a journey, um, you know, to his uh, giving away his to, her, to giving away his future. But the first journey at the beginning was to Eretz Yisrael, and the second journey was to Haramoria, to the holiest place of of Eretz Yisrael. And I think you can see a mirror in the geography of the uh, sanctification of the series of the uh, journeys, what, what, its, uh, what its significance was. The founding of the, of the uh, temple, of the future place of the temple, based on his, uh, his degree of, uh, of self-sacrifice. Wow. Avram is called three things by Hashem. God calls him one time, he says, um, he says, uh, I, I know him I've, as someone who is going to do tzedakah mishpat. He's right. going to teach justice. The second time he says, Tavimelech, that he is a prophet. And the culminating thing that he says is, mm-hmm. After the Akedah, he direct, addresses Avraham directly, and he says, Now I know that you fear, uh, that you fear Hashem. And I think these three descriptions describes three facets of Avraham's spirituality. Amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry. The interpersonal. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. No, I'm enthusiastic to point out that what you just described to us gives us a greater appreciation for what Lech Lecha was all about. Because someone may ask, you know, what's the big deal leaving a place that seems to not have been that much, you know, that, that important or that connected to Avraham, if in fact we're going to compare it to what he had to do later on in the 10th test, then it gives you a greater appreciation of what the original Lech Lecha was all about. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's what I show in the chapters about Avraham is all the progressions right. that, that you see in terms of his spiritual journey. But the Akedah really brought out <clears throat> the Urey Elohim uh, Ata, so that even though before that he had the interpersonal things and he had the Nevuah, even had a connection to God, but the, when you see the Torah's teaching, the culminating thing was his submission and uh, his total, total submission and, and his humility. And I think that's uh, important to abstract from the things about Avram, all his different characteristics and what we can learn them and what the Torah is saying. Like it says in Kohelet, Sof Davar HaKol Nishma, in the end everything is heard, fear Hashem, that's the... Uh, that's the ultimate thing. Uh, brilliant. And we covered about 2% of the book. I recommend it to everybody. Everybody, you should, you gotta check it out. Rabbi David Sykes, uh, Patterns in Genesis and Beyond. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Rabbi Sykes, thanks so much for joining us and good luck with the book. Well, thank you. Everybody could get it on Amazon. There you go. Available at Amazon and I'm sure at all reputable Judaica outlets. Uh, five minutes after 8 o'clock, this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.